0: All right, creepy mood music, sound effects, you know today is going to be a special episode of Phil at the Movies. And you're listening to episode number 53 of this ongoing podcast series that is for the love of movies, and I am delighted to once again welcome back Chris Evans from Gathering of the Geeks to talk about a horror movie, a character that we both uh, have a soft spot for, course it is dracula so chris welcome back to phil at the movies
1: hey thanks for having me back
0: oh, pleasure thank you for uh this is now number uh your third time i think uh so uh, i think so so yeah this is uh yeah, I I don't have any awards or medals to give out, but uh the yeah, the the check will be in the mail, so uh, look for <laughs> look look for that. Um no, there's there's really no checker by people uh, I'm not paying anyone, just so uh, in case anyone was wondering. But um any event, so Dracula. Uh this is part of the Universal Monster uh series that I am in the process of uh reviewing right now. Last week, of course we did uh, uh did frankenstein and uh of course this is all in lead up to renfield which will be a uh, actually i think when this episode drops renfield will be released so it kind of will coincide nicely so i thought it would be important and uh, timely to talk about the film that of course uh inspired the film renfield so dracula the 1931 classic some might say that uh frankenstein is the uh the gold standard for universal monsters but uh i know uh for me even though i'm a big fan of frankenstein dracula is still the king and chris don't want to don't want to speak for you necessarily but uh give us a uh, give us your thoughts on just dracula the character and and his place as a universal monster
1: um so for me dracula is the king He's the king of all monsters. There we Sorry, go. King Kong. Or, or I think it's Godzilla, whichever won the fight, I don't remember. <laughs> uh, Dracula is my favorite of the Universal Monsters. I think that he is one that has stood the test of time and for good reason. Right. He he's just the gold standard. And Bella's performance is I just don't think it's been topped yet. Yes, there's been other versions that have been great, but Bella is 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 the top of the, the
0: food chain no and when you figure he was you know his time as dracula began during his uh, uh run with the the broadway show mm-hmm. and uh, the different stage productions and interestingly enough and i didn't know this until recently he was not the first choice for mm-hmm. the role of dracula he had to actually fight for this role which it's sort of interesting, given that Edward Van Sloan, who was Van Helsing, was in the, the Broadway show. He was carried over to the movie, but but not Lugosi. I mean, it seems to me if uh, you, know, you had a hit Broadway show, why wouldn't you want the uh, the star? But uh, it's often been speculated, uh, given the relationship, uh, creative relationship between the director, uh, Todd Browning, and, and Lon Chaney, that he would have been the the, the choice to uh to play dracula and uh, he had subsequently passed away before the film entered production but uh it's sort of an interesting what if if you know lon cheney had been the uh been the choice uh you know he'd ultimately played the role um I, I i don't think we would uh i don't think we would see dracula in the same light if uh you base it on some of his other performances like you know phantom of the opera or mm-hmm. hunchback of notre dame even uh Think it would have been much more of a, a makeup uh, routine which you know certainly there's been that approach played with Dracula but uh, like you said I mean for you know setting the set sort of paving the way and and kind of being a performance that I mean arguably no one has ever touched I mean yeah there are there are others and certainly there are there are favorites who have donned the uh, the famous cape but Lugosi just sort of He he sort of circles around everybody. And and I think whether intentionally or or, or unintentionally, people seem to be channeling him in in one way or another. I mean, you can't hear one of those iconic lines like, you know, children of the night or uh, I never drink wine without, you know, thinking about uh, his performance.
1: I think he's like the perfect storm
0: as far as
1: the casting goes with him. Because he had a look that didn't require effects, like you, you mentioned, Lon Chaney. If Lon Chaney was that, I agree with you. We would have probably had a Nosferatu-looking Dracula, mm. or at the very least, they would have done the big mustache thing at the way he's presented in the book. Right. right. I, I expect it would have been one or the other, or probably both. Mm-hmm. But the ghost, he didn't need that. He. It's terrible to say he had a naturally creepy look. <laughs> no, <laughs> when, he did. He, he did, and, and his facial expressions are uncanny. They're, they're really um it's weird to say haunting considering this is an old movie, he doesn't even have fangs. But yeah. there's something about it that sticks.
0: You know, it's it's interesting you say that because certainly there have been other performances and certainly modern movie making can sort of broaden the canvas and and effects can enhance a performance. Mm-hmm. For a film that is nearly 100 years old and for what was still a a relatively new phenomenon, a a talking uh, movie, if you will, I was amazed just re-watching the film recently that his performance not only holds up, but it is still powerful and it is still chilling to watch. I mean... I mean, yeah, you could certainly say there are moments in the film where it might be a little hammy or or, or mm. of its of its time. But I mean, his performance, I mean, you said his mannerisms, his his look, the his voice, the voice like I mean, that's Dracula. Like, I, mean, I don't know what else to say.
1: Like you don't hear people speaking the lines. You know, one of the most famous one, the Children Night would be with music that make you never hear anybody say it without the accent exactly they will always add the accent of the i don't drink the vine yeah <laughs> nobody says yeah. it Yep. i don't drink wine even um Les- leslie nielsen's version then loving it imitates the accent which of course it is a parody of the movie but it's not something you expect leslie nielsen to imitate
0: no seriously i mean and again it's everyone seems to be channeling Legosi, I mean, whether it was Christopher Lee to an extent mm-hmm. or uh, Gary Oldman, I mean, everyone sort of, again, intentionally or unintentionally does sort of a nice uh, hat tip to uh, to, to, to uh, the great one, so to speak. Or the dark one, depending. The, on the, or the dark. Gosh. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's probably better. I mean, yeah.
1: Like Oldman's Dracula voice is basically Legosi. Oh, I would agree with that. It, it's really close. Like, I, I believe that's what he was trying to do.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think I did see uh see something with her he did say he was channeling Legosi uh mm-hmm. in, in it's some... there. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it is. I mean, again, you can't help but think it. I mean, and certainly his his career was was buoyed and, and and perhaps weighted by this role uh for better or for worse. But I mean, you know, talk about a legacy uh, to to have and 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 again I know he had his his career challenges and and woes but i mean to be remembered as this iconic monster i mean you know you could say well you do, do you want to be remembered as a monster but i mean you know everybody knows his version of the character everyone is aware of his version of the character even if they've never seen a a, a shot of uh, of the film someone walks around at halloween time with, with the cape and all of that i mean who comes to mind it's Bella Lugosi
1: even the medallion which as far as I know is not on any other Dracula I, I think except Leslie Nielsen um it's a Bella Lugosi thing
0: yeah that's far right as I
1: could remember because so I don't think Christopher Lee ever had the medallion
0: I don't think so um
1: yeah but I, that's something that's not you always see that with a Dracula co- or a vampire costume yeah always, and the widow's peak
0: yeah the that's right big. the widow's peak that's right that's right, that's right. so Chris you are a big fan of this film, of, mm-hmm. of, of the character. Like I said, he's your, he's your favorite uh, monster, movie monster. What was, the, what was your first experience seeing this film? What, what was your Dracula story?
1: So this is kind of funny. I didn't actually see this movie until I was well into my teens. Okay. I'd seen Christopher Lee's Dracula films when I was when it's like eight or nine years old. And I was like, that's Dra he's the coolest thing in the world.
0: Starting young. Very good.
1: Yeah, you have to. <laughs> and so um, so you know, years passed and and friends had seen and I said, How have you never seen Dracula? You love the other one, you'd love these characters, but you've never seen the best one. And I was like, Well, I mean, it's it's really old. What what's what <laughs> and then I, I did end up watching it as a teenager and it was just love at first sight. I, I don't think there was any question that this is the version for me mm-hmm. so from that point on i bought the um the dracula legacy collection on dvd which came with uh dracula the spanish version dracula's daughter and i think another movie i forgot what it was i just kind of watched those religiously mm-hmm. and that it kind of the, the love for bella and the character took off from there and also i was familiar with bella because i'd seen ed wood as a kid yeah, I saw Ed Wood in a the theater, and I, I adored it as I still do today. So to me, right, it is. I knew Bella from that. From Martin Landau is how I found Bella. Yeah. Then watching the movie, I put them together. Oh, okay, this is this is something. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, when I watch Dracula, I always think of the lines from Ed Wood with Martin Landau screaming at Johnny Depp's character. I don't know if you remember <laughs> the movie. But they're filming the squid scene in the water. It's like it's called oh. you come do this.
0: <laughs> I always think of that. But. No, that's that's true. Uh, God, that's a good movie. It's a really it good is. movie. Uh, yeah, my uh, my inter- my first experience with Dracula uh actually started in fourth grade. Uh so I was I I was I was definitely younger seeing these uh these films. And I remember I psyched myself up so much to to watch it the first time because i mean when when you're a kid like oh my god dracula it's this this terrifying uh film and you know it's black and white and so it's even more terrifying and i remember coming home one day after school and this is back when amc I think they called it Monster Fest before it was Fear Fest. So the the good old days, and you know, of course, you know, I'm you know all excited because it's Halloween time and uh, monster movies are on. And just one afternoon, like you know, four o'clock in the after in the afternoon, I stumbled into the original version of Dracula, and I remember first like, oh my god, am I ready to watch this? Oh, you know, I like you know need to go sit down and you know take something. You know, in fourth grade, but (laughs) um i remember like the minute it starts it's like you know got that operatic music and then it's like i love that opening you know boom you're right there in transylvania you're right there following renfield and i mean i think when it played on tv there was maybe like one commercial during the entire broadcast of it because like it's only you know like a 72 minute like it's very quick it's not a long movie but i mean i was hooked from that that first opening shot right to the very end uh and, and just being like oh my god this is you know like I, i've discovered something that i i needed in my life right now and i remember literally that christmas i mean i'm i apologize everyone if i'm you know uh you know going off on a on a tangent but that christmas literally got the entire collection i mean this is back you know the, the glory days of vhss and it was like mm. you know the Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, the original Frankenstein, Phantom of the Opera, uh, The Mummy, Creature from the Black Lagoon, and of course the uh, the classic of all classics, Dracula. And mm-hmm. I mean, I think I burned that. I, I I know I ran that tape out over that Christmas vacation, just rewatching it and like recreating scene. Like it was just, I was hooked by it, absolutely hooked by it. And uh, you know, certainly my my appreciation and and reverence for the film has only grown in, in, in years since, just because, I mean, it's a, it's a piece of cinema at this mm-hmm. point. It's, it's a, it's a part of the universal legacy. And uh, I think that's why in many ways it's endured. I mean, it's, there's certainly been other versions of the story and, and certainly this is not a quote unquote direct adaptation. It's very much borrowed from the the stage production, mm-hmm. which um, I, I, personally like more than than the novel. I mean I I, I enjoy the novel, but I I have I, I think because my experience with Dracula came from this movie, it has sort of shaped my opinion mm-hmm. of all other Dracula incarnations, or or in this case even the original text uh on which everything is based. Uh this movie had just such a unique impact. I mean we'll get to it in, in a moment other versions but like the Christopher Lee one you know i have a soft spot because it's christopher lee mm-hmm. you've got peter cushing who i mean he's arguably the best van helsing uh, uh you know to ever uh, you know play the character but um you know i remember the even the first time i watched that like you know it was great cuz you know it's in color and and you, know, you see more you know it's more theatrical it's it's, it's darker too it's a darker film it's, it's darker. Much, yeah but fangs. <laughs> yeah, there are the, the fangs are there. Uh, and Christopher Lee, I mean, you know, if anyone's gonna, you know, uh, try to, you know, not not replace Bella, but certainly uh, be a worthy uh uh successor to Dracula, mm-hmm. Christopher Lee is is certainly in that in that conversation. But I have to say that when uh, you know, again, even though I, I enjoyed it and it's a great film, and and certainly all the the subsequent ones, I, I still keep going back to the original one and just it's it's so perfect i mean i think you said it best it it was lightning in a bottle that that first film and it just it sort of lingers in your imagination and i mean for better or for worse shapes every uh incarnation of dracula that has come since
1: and i think it's going to continue to do so but mm. also another thing about it that i find fascinating in a way the word i want to use here because you look at a modern film, and it's of course it's pretty to look at. Mm-hmm. You look at a film from 1931, which is nearly hundred years ago. There's things in this film that are still so good looking. That's right. The sets are amazing, and they're so grand in their you know not just in the scale but the details in them. And you mentioned the opening with when we're seeing the the carriage and we're following Renfield. The Carpathian Mountains look pretty cool for a movie that was made in 1931. It's impressive.
0: That is something I I really noticed on this most recent rewatch. I sort of went on a Dracula binging. I watched like rewatch. <laughs> I know, you yeah, know, really getting into the spirit. Um, I rewatched some of the documentaries and and mm-hmm. for the making of, behind the scenes and. I was in. I was amazed that they had originally planned this as a big budget, spectacular, sort of yeah. in the same vein as *Phantom of the Opera* or even, uh, I mean, *Frankenstein* almost seems larger than life at, at points. But you know, the Great Depression and, and sort of the economic upheaval uh, caused them to to scale it back. But I mean, you said it: the the sets, the mountains, Dracula's castle. I mean, that mm-hmm. opening where he. I mean, just this grand, you know, foyer and, and, and the cobwebs. And oh, I yes. mean, it 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 looks like a modern film. I mean, yes, the camera work may be a little stiff at, at points. And, you know, again, it's, it's almost 100 years old. But, but and it, it, yeah, go sorry, ahead.
1: I was going to say, and it's also a little bit more eerie because there's no music. Because they didn't have the technology nailed at the time to have music. So it adds another layer of that eeriness when you're looking at Dracula's castle, when you're seeing that spider web, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. or even when they reuse shots, because they do that a couple of times, it's fine.
0: It, no, it <laughs> works. It works. Like sometimes, like, you know, whenever a movie does that, you're like, Oh, come on. I couldn't you just have you know, done something else, mm-hmm. but no, it works with this film. And I think like, I think you said it best. There, there's a, there's an eeriness to it, either. Because of the the lack of music, or just sometimes even the way the camera is is set up for a shot, the, you know, it's almost like you're being watched, or, or or you know, we the audience are are watching, but yet we feel we shouldn't be watching because we don't know what is going to happen, or, or we might see something uh, unsettling. It's it's amazing how this movie can. Play those tricks and again we're talking a film that's nearly a century old here
1: it's it's immersive that way too yeah it's weird it's it's strange because we're so used to there constantly being some kind of noise in a movie even like if you want to watch an old james bond movie which i I do often it's they're not very music heavy in certain parts like in a fight you're just hearing the fight sounds that's right but everything else there's music in mm-hmm. this, there is not, unless you do watch it with the score that was added in 99, which I, I've done it once, and honestly, I can't remember it. I prefer it without.
0: I did a, my most recent rewatch, I did it with with the score um, by, uh, by Philip Glass. And, you know, it is a, it's different. I think that's probably mm-hmm. the way to say it. it. It is different. I mean, certainly music is a whole other component, but it's interesting because my first uh, interaction with this film, your first interaction with this film was with it being a, uh, you know, more or less a, a silent picture, if, say, almost it, silent film. if you will. And I mean, I, I go back and forth because the score is really compelling. And and, and, and I mean, at points, it almost feels larger than the movie itself, just because, it was done, you know, half a century later or, 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 or better. But yet th- there is something kind of even more unsettling when you have Lugosi's character with music added to it. You know, you sort of have that, not that he has a theme per se in the film, but there, you know, there, uh, Jaws comes to mind uh, mm-hmm. in a way. Michael from Halloween, you know, Halloween reference right here. Um I don't know. Just there's there's a scene I think when he's first going after um, Lucy where the music comes in and it's I mean it's it, it pulls you in and it's it's a little uh, unnerving and so uh, you know there's definitely parts uh, where the music kind of takes away from it because like you said the eeriness and the and the the stillness are are almost essential components to this movie but but then there are other parts like especially where dracula is doing some stalking or, or about to have his a uh, evening <laughs> evening meal that uh, a little snack <laughs> yeah a little snack uh the music just sort of kicks it up a a notch i mean even at the the end when they're when they're chasing him into the into the abbey there is something kind of rousing about about the score it just sort of again sort of builds to that that uh to that climax.
1: I'm gonna have to rewatch it with the scorpions. It's been a while. I remember that I preferred it without because of the eeriness, but now, mm-hmm. now we're talking about it. I'm gonna have to watch it.
0: No, I I, I definitely recommend it. Um it had been a while uh, for me as well. And uh it kind of was a was an interesting way to be uh to be reintroduced to the character again.
1: And then Philip classes, I was good too.
0: So. But no, you can't go wrong. <laughs> no, it 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 really is a nice uh addition to it but um you know one of the one of the the knocks and I, I hate even saying that but um one of the uh comparisons shall we say is that there was the spanish language uh version that was shot simultaneously i mean for, for those of you who uh, may uh, might be uh, interested with this behind the scenes tidbit back in those days you couldn't. They didn't have the technology to properly dub a movie like they do today, and so a lot of times these studios would have an entire separate um, production team to essentially reshoot the movie in another language so that it could be distributed to to other markets. And one of the most famous versions, interestingly enough, it is the dra- uh, is the Spanish language version of this of this film and one of the comparisons that people have have made is that while the the acting is certainly on another level uh in the spanish, in the spanish film it, it's it's it, i mean again same script same same story but but the acting is is definitely uh on another another playing field one of the uh remarks that has been made over the years is that while perhaps hammy at at points there is a better production value with this film uh, versus the 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 uh lagosi film and i want to get your your reaction your thoughts on that chris uh, first have you you've seen the the spanish one i've seen pieces of it. okay um what do you uh, do you accept the uh the critique if you will that the, the spanish version is more lively shall we say it is
1: the, the the pieces that i've seen of it it is more lively and it's it's kind of funny because like you said it's the same script but it's the difference between what one actor will do with the script versus what another will do with the script yeah, yeah. That, that's really what it comes down to and by no means am i just because i haven't seen it in its in its entirety. That doesn't mean the movie that I don't want to, that I think the movie's bad. Mm-hmm. It just it it's different.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I watched it years ago and I've I've seen subsequent clips uh online over the years. And yeah, I mean that's my take. It, it it's a it's a it's the same film, but it is a totally different film. And it's sort of always that question you have in the back of your mind when you have a, a favorite film and then you You wonder, oh, what would happen with another mm-hmm. actor what what could be the the yeah. response that is the case here, and again, no disrespect to anyone in involved in it I mean certainly they put a lot of care and attention to try to make their version stand out more so than uh the the the, the uh the classic but yeah the 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 performance is something else I mean. Again, no disrespect, but I, I, I kind of found myself laughing uh at, at points and, and more just like, wow, this is really over the top and, and very uh uh tongue in cheek in a way.
1: Yeah, I wonder I I I'm with you. And I wonder if they saw the script that way. Like they saw it as oh, this is a fun thing, this is a joke. Right. It, it's right. kinda like also, um, you know, I have talked about it before, Batman sixty six. Yes. You had Adam West who received the script one way, and Lionel Wagner who received it
0: the other way. Yep.
1: So that's kind of where I'm at with
0: it. No, that that's a perfect uh, comparison and and a perfect uh, example. Uh, you know, say what you will about the uh, Legosi version. You know, even though there may be some over the top moments they played it serious mm-hmm. and as a uh, a straightforward tale which i mean i think is definitely you know uh you know the reason why we remember it and why it has uh lasted as long as, uh, as it has in the public uh zeitgeist if you will because it it, it is played uh as a straightforward piece not some uh you know, wink wink, uh not nudge, nudge. Uh let's uh let's let's really ham it up. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that, but yeah, no. like you said, it's uh you know it's not it, for me. No, ex- it, exactly. they perfectly said, perfectly said. Um what else stands out for you from uh, this film? I mean certainly we've uh, we've uh, we've uh, you know, stood at the altar that is uh, uh Bela Lugosi as Dracula. Mm-hmm. Um but but what else? What else comes uh to memory for you with this film a big one is dwight fry's renfield there we go
1: so the fun thing about renfield is in a lot of dracula films you don't see renfield right he's not always in these movies for whatever reason um maybe dracula doesn't need a henchman or there was no purpose whatever Mm -hmm. this version though again like Bella is the standard dwight fry is the standard i think Oh, and yes, his performance is a juggernaut. I think in this film, because he, the thing about him, and this is—I'm about to get on a tangent. I think.
0: Right ahead, the floor is yours.
1: (laughs) When you see him the first time, he's really well put together. He's well articulated. He's—he's a normal guy. Mm -hmm. And then, as soon as you see him in, in the Demeter, when everything's gone to crap, and he's fully under the spell of Dracula. Not only is his posture different, the way he sits is different. His facial expressions are never the same. Mm. He is visually unhinged. <laughs> and it's not something the makeup artist did. It's something Dwight Fry did. Even his voice has this weird tone to it. And his, that giggle when, <laughs> before you see him. I know. And the police the- are like, what does that sound? I wouldn't even open that door. Leave him in there. Whatever the hell that is, leave it in there.
0: It's great. I, I love the scene where they're all talking in, in the library about what's going on and how they think you know Dracula is a vampire. And you just hear him sort of you know laughing and leering in the <laughs> background. He's like, mm, isn't this a conversation for people who aren't crazy?
1: I love the way he just walks around the house I know,
0: it's like someone gets out all the time he's just a lunatic hanging around I know. no no jacket for renfield
1: no because i think they made a comment he's stronger when he's the lunatics are stronger yeah
0: something like that
1: <laughs> yeah but dwight fry is excellent
0: no it, it, i mean that's another uh, another character that that is is sort of imprinted in my memory all these years later and Again, the first time I saw this film, I wasn't prepared for that. I mean, again, you have this image of Dracula. Mm -hmm. Lugosi is synonymous with the character, and you know everyone can do a Dracula imitation. Um, I mean, he certainly you know meets and exceeds expectations. But I mean, I was not prepared for the uh, the the performance of of Dwight Fry for for the character of Renfield. I mean, watching this in in, as a fourth grade, I was like. Dear god I've got to sit down afterwards like this this was <laughs> this was something else entirely I mean again this is 1931 here this is not you know the method actors of the day I mean this no. was this was all him and and you know I mean I, I I'm not one to usually go off on those uh you know so and so should have been should have been nominated but in this particular case I'll make an exception this was this was an award-worthy performance as as far as I'm concerned it really just in terms of taking a character who is utterly forgettable in the novel, mm. and and even in subsequent versions, like you said, he's either diminished to kind of a a small cameo role, or or even isn't in the film at all. This this is the definitive version uh, of Renfield, and it is a, a a testament to to him as an actor to create this character you know really from nothing because he's not in the in the novel as how he is in in uh in the film and it's i don't know it, it's it's utterly fascinating
1: uh yeah i agree with that it's there's something about it and i don't know if it was on the page or what or dwight fry just said hey i'm gonna i'm gonna give this my all right and, and, it, and it works. And I wonder why he's not replicated more the way Dracula is, you know? Because off the top of my head, I can think of two Renfields. Mm-hmm. One, of course, in Dracula, then Loving, which is very much an it's adaptation a, yeah. of Boyfriend. Yeah. Yep. The other one is from the Dracula TV series with um, John oh, yeah. Smyers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Renfield is played by, uh, I can't remember his name. But he he's in a sweet tooth sweet tooth TV series. Oh yeah, yep, 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 yep.
0: Yeah, um, he's another good one. He,
1: yeah, he he's different though. He's calm.
0: <laughs> yeah, which, again, probably you know, testament to to Dwight Fry. Mm-hmm. I can't see Renfield as uh, as being calm and and, and and tranquil in any way. Uh, I think I've told you that I've seen this, ver- you know, the version of the stage play a number of times over the mm-hmm. years and. Um, the one thing that has always been a disappointment uh, for me with the stage play is every time I've seen it, whoever is playing Renfield, they are either doing the worst Dwight Fry impersonation and impression, <laughs> or they're just not even doing it at all. And it's sort of this like, okay, be Renfield, you know, do 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 the thing. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's a testament, I think, to his to his character and, and his performance that it is just so, I mean, again, that's, that is lightning in a bottle.
1: It is. And one of my favorite scenes, like is the one you mentioned where he just kind of comes in. The other one is when we see him in the cell for the first time and he's oh, having yeah. a fit about them taking away his bug. Right. <laughs> it, it's just so good. He's no, he, so creepy, effortlessly creepy.
0: He really is. No, I mean, that's, Again, talk about, you know, a defining, a defining role. I mean, certainly that is a, that is one that Dwight Fry is a forever associated with and, and, and for good reason, uh, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. Um, what about the, the character of, of Van Helsing? I know we've, uh, both, uh, in the past alluded to, uh, to Peter Cushing and his certainly iconic, portrayal of the character over multiple films um and and certainly in the in the realm of van helsing uh, edward van sloan i'm not sure always uh gets the recognition that maybe he uh, he should uh, should deserve or maybe not uh what what say you with his portrayal as a dracula's arch nemesis
1: so i like edward van sloan i think he's very good in the movie but he's not who I think about when I think Ben Helsing. That, that kind of is Peter Cushing for me. Yeah. And sometimes Anthony Hopkins to another extent. Oh, sure. But um, I think he's... The first meeting between him and Dracula in this film is just perfection. It is. And it's played so well by both of them. But he also, he's more... I guess for me with him, I don't buy that he could actually stop a vampire some reason that's a
0: fair point that is a fair point
1: yeah i, I just don't if drack the world would have gone physical with him i don't think he had a
0: chance no no i mean you know say what you will about about peter cushing i mean certainly there was a uh a, a discrepancy height wise with uh yeah. with christopher lee like but, these two also though yeah no that's true but 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 peter cushing could hold his uh he could hold his own against Dracula. That I mean, that is for sure. He held his own with Darth Vader. So <laughs> that is true. Oh, very good, nice uh, Star Wars reference there. Yeah,
1: uh, Peter that's... Cushing was was amazing. Edward Van Sloan though is, is amazing too. Just not my preferred Van Helsing. I think he's got some great material
0: though. No, exactly. Yeah, no, certainly their uh, their first meeting. Uh, that's that's another one of those moments that I I don't think has ever been properly replicated or or even matched in other films and you know i think for good measure a lot of films don't 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 touch it because you know why touch perfection
1: yeah if you i think that's maybe what it is they they don't want to be compared right right. which i understand but when you have these two characters that's going to be an important thing like you you take the van helsing with hugh jackman who i don't think is really anybody's van helsing but, no, no, probably not. No. no. I enjoy the movie, but yeah. he's, he's not the most memorable version. But, you know, right. you think of his first meeting with Dracula in that movie, and it's pretty good, but it's not this. No, no. this is, And that movie had all the money, all the effects. Hugh Jackman. Yeah. <laughs> and it still does not affect you the way this one does
0: no i mean that's where you know it, it, the saying is guys uh if it's not if it's not broke don't uh, don't fix it uh, mm-hmm. don't 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 uh, try to re- replace perfection and that is certainly true with this with this film um we we've, we've alluded to it a little bit uh early on but dracula is a character that is sort of uh, i mean He's like Batman. I mean, you know, talk about another cre- a creature of the night who has just been a part of our, of our pop culture and zeitgeist, really since his inception. And certainly the the film in 1931 cemented his status, and it's only grown larger. The the shadow has grown lo- uh, larger. What other versions of this of this story of this film do you enjoy? What other ones would you uh, say? Uh, you know, if you're a fan of the movie don't don't waste your time
1: uh okay that's a great question actually when it comes to the dracula films i get pretty specific mm-hmm. because i i guess this is my criteria this and christopher lee's stuff right so i i would, i love the christopher lee movies except the one i it has two different titles i believe it's called satanic Rites of dracula though but i've seen it titled something else also
0: oh he, yeah he dies in a rose bush oh right i Almost want to say that was the last one he did with Cushing. Yeah, it is terrible on it's, every it's, level. It, yeah, it's an abomination. I actually bought it
1: for a dollar at the dollar store years ago because, like, oh, I've never seen this one because it had a different title, I didn't know it was the same thing. It's like, oh, this is horrible <laughs> <laughs> waste of a dollar, <laughs> like, waste of a dollar. But the other, um, I, I'm really high on the other Christopher Lee movies. Dracula Dead, and loving it is very, very high on my list. I think because it's basically this movie but updated and funny. Yeah. It's um, it's a it's a classic. It is. And the Renfield I saw everything. It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um I like that one a lot. I also not a lot of people like it, but I enjoyed Dracula 2000.
0: Jordan oh, that, Butler. That's another underrated film uh, as far as a Dracula movie goes, mm-hmm. I think. Um I'm actually surprised that hasn't been uh been rediscovered or, or re uh evaluated in recent years because i, I want to say it's you know, been on netflix or or, or something yeah, it makes its way around yeah so and, do the sequels yeah that's right i mean the sequels are you know they're okay but
1: uh, i like the second one kind of
0: but, but no the, that first one is um i mean it's, I, I don't know if i would i would call it iconic but it is certainly a uh an updated uh edition. Uh, on, on the classic, shall we say?
1: It's a decent swing. They, yeah, they do some it, different
0: things. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It's a good.
1: I I think that if this movie would have cut the overly long opening, it would have been bigger, a bigger hit. Because mm-hmm. the opening without Dracula, it, it does drag on. But once he's fully in the movie, it just goes.
0: It does. Yeah, it goes from zero to a hundred like that.
1: Yeah, and it has kind of a unique idea with it too and you also have christopher christopher Plummer.
0: oh was his van, yep, van helsing when we
1: talk iconic van Helsing's, yeah he may not one. do much in the movie but he's great
0: no he's great Yeah, that good very good thank you for uh reminding me i i totally spaced he was even van helsing but no you yeah, were right no he is now uh, another underrated one
1: mm-hmm. i also i do not love bram stoker's dracula
0: okay but well that's i i wanted to touch on that because certainly um you know Keanu Reeves is, uh, in, Whoa. uh, in the headlines these days. <laughs> um, you know, uh, certainly, uh, you know, I, I do enjoy me some, some John Wick and, oh, yeah. and, and he's, I mean, he's just, a, I think a wonderful, uh, human being. I mean, I don't know him personally, but just, you know, <laughs> what you, uh, what you read, what you see. And I think, you know, sometimes you get a impression of people. He, uh, mm-hmm. he seems like the real deal, but, uh, he does. no, uh, Francis Ford Coppola, Anthony Hopkins, Gary Oldman—I mean, stacked cast, top-notch director. Ah, but what a film! And, and I'm—I'm—if you could see my my face, guys, it's not a very uh, very good
1: reaction. It's—I—I I remember this movie came out, and I think it came out in '92. I could be wrong about that. It was, yep, ninety two. Okay, so I, I was pretty young at the time. We did not see this one in theaters because, unlike the other stuff I'd seen in theaters, this one was supposed to be more, um, yeah, pay more attention to it, which my parents didn't think I'd be able to do. It's like, okay, fine. Um, we caught it on when it hit VHS, and I remember watching it as a kid, I was like, ah, eh, this ain't for me. Then as an adult, time went on, like, okay, maybe I'll try it again. And I don't hate it. I like things about it. Right. I like Gary Oldman specifically. Oh, he's great. I do not like Keanu Reeves Harker. I don't really care for Wynonna Riders Mina. I don't like the love story very much. I don't like the ending. You know, this doesn't sound like I don't like it. I also the <laughs> weird werewolf thing. You know, the scene <laughs> where <laughs> we're kind of getting into the Beauty and the Beast category. <laughs> like,
0: what was that for? And sensitive ears, this may be a good time to unplug. No, it's uh, uh yeah, Dracula and bestiality, not something that uh I mean he's a lot together. of things,
1: but is is that where we're going? Yeah. On, on the positive though, like Gary Oldman's fantastic, the effects are
0: great, it's a beautiful looking movie. I was gonna say the cinematography, the sets, it's spectacular. The, the score.
1: Oh yeah all good stuff it's just i have a lot of a lot of things about the story and the cast i don't jive with i suppose
0: well you actually raise a point which i i um i i didn't have down here but now that you've mentioned it um certainly in the the story of dracula certainly in the original film uh it's it's certainly it's nuanced and even maybe not even so there is a quote-unquote, love story aspect that that is in this material, whether it's amplified or, or more in sort of the subtext. Um, again, no one looks at the 31 film and say, oh, isn't this just a sweet Gothic love story? Okay. You know? I, mean, I suppose, I, yeah, I suppose you're right. Yeah, Anything can be turned around. Yeah, you could if you, if you, really, <laughs> if want you really wanted to. Yeah, I suppose it is there. It is there somewhere. But, um, I mean, more or less, Lagosi uh Christopher Lee. Dracula has been portrayed at least for a, a portion of his time as a terrifying creature of the night. I'm a, a monster. Someone you don't want to um you know cross on the street, so to speak. There's only a few where he's not. Yeah. And so I I I raise the the question, do you think Dracula should be portrayed in any capacity as a romantic figure? Again, I think of sort of the gary oldman taken away there's the franklin Jella version mm-hmm. uh which is kind of a, a an updated remake of the 31 is, film yeah. um and and certainly you know there's been this fascination with vampires as these uh uh you know sort of uh star-crossed lovers in a way or or just oh give them a chance what what is your take mm-hmm. on on dracula as a as a tragic love uh story or figure or or even vampires in general uh i mean because i i have opinions but i will i will hold back for the moment <laughs> this is gonna be a fun conversation i can tell
1: <laughs> um so i'm very i have opinions about this too mm-hmm. i am really really mixed when it comes to it because i feel like vampires and media have become these romantic figures to the point where we forget why they're monsters mm-hmm. and what their purpose is. I say that as someone who absolutely loves Interview with the Vampire, mm-hmm. which is famous oh, yeah. for bringing the romanticism to the forefront. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, even with those books, you don't, you cannot deny what they are. that's right. part of the reason Louis is as a miserable character as he is, he can't escape what he is. Right. So when it comes to Dracula it depends like the Frank Langella version I like because while he is romantic he is still not someone you want to mess with right right Gary Oldman's is similar but I feel like you invite him to a family dinner he'll calm down (laughs) like hey it's Thanksgiving you want to come over I guess (laughs) Mina's gonna be there cool (laughs) um and then you have like like George Hamilton's version to me. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's one of the earlier ones I saw, too. That sticks with me, too, because he's a kinder, friendlier Dracula. Or even Judd Hirsch's in The Halloween that almost wasn't. Oh, my God, yes. So yeah. there's room to make these characters romantic. You just can't... I, I think it's a disservice to forget the monstrous aspect of that.
0: Right. I, I mean, I, I come down on, on the side, and, and again, I'm probably... I don't know if I'm necessarily an outlier, but I don't think vampires should be romanticized in any way and mm-hmm. I say this as someone that enjoys interview with a vampire. the t v show was utterly fantastic mm-hmm. um but i I prefer my vampires as as a creature of the night truly is something terrifying and in many ways I think uh. Christopher Lee, to an extent, certainly Bela Lugosi. That's the perfect balance, you know, kind of the, the suave, uh, mysterious, gentleman like mm-hmm. figure who is cunning, yet also uh, appealing, but has that, that real sinister dark side just lurking beneath the surface. I think that's as far as you want to go with the uh, quote unquote romantic side. Um, that's p- p- my upper yeah. take, too. Yeah, no. Put me down as a as a definite no. I think on any on anything on any romantic side uh, of, of of a vampire. I mean, again, I'm looking looking at you, uh, uh, Edward Cullen from uh, from Twilight. Oh, <laughs> I, 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 I know. I I I show you I, much much love to uh, the Robert Pattinson. But oh dear God, no.
1: I don't consider that a vampire
0: movie. No, it problem no, it really I isn't.
1: really don't I no, don't, you're, you're, I I don't upset you're,
0: any fans I, but... no, I think you're. I think you're on to something there. I think <laughs> you're on to something. It's there. a different
1: beast, but I'm, I'm with you like ten times out of ten. if you present me with the suave killer, that's yeah. what I want. Yeah, exactly I, I don't think I'd really say, "Yeah, give me the Gary Oldman lovesick love puppy vampire, yeah, it was just crazy because he doesn't have me yeah I don't it doesn't hit with me No. It, uh... Christopher Lee would tear your face off. Exactly, uh, and and then go you know and shake someone's hand, hand right afterward. That's, That's
0: right. Cool. <laughs> Talk about balance, it's right? About balance. You got to have the balance. <laughs> more um, or less, like David from *Los Boys*. That's another. Example. <laughs> Thank you. No, I I, I don't know. I, I guess it's our fascination with these characters. You know, again, goes back to Dracula, but you know, I suppose everything gets romanticized or or. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if watered down is the right way to put it, but there's sort of that. Right. Let's yeah, that, let, let's call it for, yeah, let's call it what it is. I mean, there there is a watering down uh, of of vampires, and like you, you know, it, it would be like you know, not that it will ever happen, but you know, well, I suppose it did it did in some ways, but like humanizing Michael Myers, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's just you lose that aspect of 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 the character, and um, you know, again, I I think you got your gold standards you, you you know christopher lee is is right there but you know I mean Lugosi, that that's mm-hmm. that's what you want to try to come close you're never going to top it no one's gonna no one's gonna you know replace uh him as the king but that's what you want to strive for that's what you want to try to emulate I- I- if possible
1: i i i completely agree with that this and if you want to add more personality to him that, that's cool too i don't i don't mind that right but when you make them hell bent on finding love, and you, know, you take away the fangs or you take away the sunlight issue, yeah. we're not looking at the same kind of characters. Like I also look kind of like um, the Vampire Diaries. Oh, you know, I watched that for a few years, and in that show, you had one brother who was, you know, more merciless in, in episodes. But then it became a point where they were both kind of the same thing. As like, eh, I don't know if I want to watch two Louis. Yeah. Not
0: really my thing here. I need the balance. One Louis, one Louis is enough. One miserable Louis is enough. That's that's perfectly said. Um, as I said at the start of this show, this is all in 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 lead up, all in anticipation to the release of Renfield. Mm-hmm. And I know, Chris, you are you are eager for this film. This is probably one of your most anticipated films. Of, of of april uh let alone 2023 is that a fair yeah okay that, that is uh, completely fair yes. right um t- just this is your moment just l- let it rip to t- talk about just just anything renfield this is this is the hype renfield section go oh
1: wow this isn't good, <laughs> i know <laughs> probably
0: dangerous I, know. <laughs> I don't know if you want to do this
1: uh, yeah no renfield i remember when movie was announced i was like well I just want Dracula. What are we doing Redfield for? <laughs> and then when I was announced Nicolas Cage was Dracula, like, oh, we're doing something. I am there for whatever this is. I don't care. <laughs> and so, you know, we have months and months of uh, promotion and whatnot. And we've seen them. We've seen set pictures, official pictures. I am all in for this movie. I don't, it doesn't even need to do much to make me happy. gives <laughs> me Nicolas Cage is Dracula and it's a good performance, which I think it is going to be. I am completely in for this,
0: and I, I'm so excited. I I echo I echo those sentiments. I mean, certainly, given that this is a a sequel, and I, I don't think it's a, a spoiler at this point, but uh, uh, you know that this is a a follow up to the original 1931 film. That is something that just sort of, you know, if my uh, if my interest was. Uh, was at it was at a nine or a 10 we're already uh you know into the uh 11 and 12 uh category at this point
1: that definitely helped my i mean i was already in but hearing stuff like that just pushes it because the ending of dracula 31 is um it's actually been one of my
0: sticking points about the movie as much as i love it i don't love the ending well let's let's elaborate on that what what about the ending of the film it's
1: so simple. Like there's no struggle. It's really easy to do like, Oh, he's sleeping. I'm just going to drive this steak that right. I, I pulled off of his coffin into him. And we're done. You expect more of a conflict.
0: Yeah, that it's, it's funny. You should say that because when I rewatched the movie, that was something that sort of stuck out and was like, Oh, I forgot. This is kind of an anticlimactic, Mm -hmm. ending and and interestingly enough with the score uh when i watched it with the score the the uh the groans that dracula makes as as van helsing is i know that sounds sort of strange way context people um when van helsing drives the stake through his heart um in in the original version you hear you know dracula moan and scream and you know as he's uh, killed off screen, but with the with the score, it's interesting. The sound effect is is somewhat diminished in a way, and mm-hmm. and not not to say that you you miss it, but you really have to pay attention uh, in order to to catch it because you can almost go from like, okay, he's looking for Dracula, oh Van Helsing's got the stake, and then up, oh, you know, Bing Bing Bing, you know, church bells right, are ringing and it's over. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's anticlimactic. I think that is a, a perfect uh, description for the, the the film, which I think up until that point, you know, everything is is on is sort of on a on you know in tune, and there's a nice uh, kind of you know building towards something. But yeah, it, it does end in kind of an abrupt fashion. Now I don't know if that's you know again I've never seen the original script. I don't know if there was any notes or something behind the scenes that was going on, but it, it is a rather abrupt ending.
1: It is. It's so simple. And it's you know, also you kind of want to see Dracula like, the conflict after what he does to Renfield. Yeah. You kind of want to see something happen and you you just don't get it.
0: No. No, and that's something that other films, again I'm thinking of uh the first Christopher Lee one there is that epic mm-hmm. confrontation, especially between Van Helsing and and, and Dracula, which it's is very cool. Yeah, it's, it's a perfect staple, and it it goes out of its way. They certainly could have, if they wanted to, in that film, done the proper stake through the heart uh, ending, like in like in the book or or like in the film. But they go with something different. And I think, and that's a nice sort of subtle way of saying that we're 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 doing a, a different approach than than what came before, and we're not going to touch what came in 1931 even though I, I do think it is kind of uh you know a sad way for the film to end a, 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 a sad way to end an otherwise great film
1: mm-hmm. you just kind of expect more from that ending and you don't get it
0: which which does you know again not to necessarily uh you know lean into the speculation but uh you know what what uh what what are your thoughts as uh, as we sit here before, uh, before Renfield is released how do you think they're going to uh, establish uh, you know, Dr- Dracula's survival I and mean, I think it's it's fair to say that's that's where this is going
1: I'm so curious how they're going to do this because <clears throat> it's the same Renfield this is mm. not a different Renfield it's not a descendant it is Renfield Yeah. so as we know he holds Renfield up by the throat yeah. and then like throws him down the stairs and he's dead yeah so what I'm assuming happens is that exact moment is different. That's where it changes. What happens to Mina? I don't know. Right. But I'm assuming what maybe Dracula kills Van Helsing in that moment, or that's my, or maybe like that's when the the bug eating John Wick stuff starts with Renfield, right? <laughs> and he kills Van Helsing. Some that's the moment where I think it's going to change. I'm very curious to see how they handle it
0: same same again especially that knowing this is now a a direct sequel Mm -hmm. which um you know it's sort of crazy to think about there has never been a a quote-unquote direct sequel i mean i know there's there's dracula's daughter and and the subsequent universal films but um i know the original just feels so timeless and i mean while they're entertaining the films that came after i mean maybe it's because the lack of lugosi the lack of of continuity and and just sort of you know maybe a a a cash grab i don't know that they they lose their they lose their luster
1: i feel like all the universal monster films they they couldn't do sequels with them really no ride of frankenstein works because you're you still got frankenstein introducing another character with him but the other ones there was really no no chance for him to survive
0: no no that's that's very true that is very true um it's more uh more cashing in on the title and the the character than
1: and that was kind of the thing at the time
0: yeah no that's very true just just slap the title out there Mm -hmm. and people will show up and and certainly people did show up because these uh these monsters have endured and been a part of our uh our our pop culture for i mean at this point almost a hundred years which i mean that's a testament right there
1: it really is. Dracula was released February 14th, 1931. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, we, Here, are we are in March of, well, I guess when this is out, it'll be, um, it'll April, be April. Yeah. Uh, April of 2023.
0: It's, it's crazy. It's I mean, again, just, I think a testament to the character, to the to the film uh, and everyone involved. But I I have said this on this show before, everyone knows my, my uh my feelings when it comes to to horror movies and just scary movies and certainly uh dracula is is tame by uh by modern standards uh to say the least but i I think why these movies endure why we enjoy them why i enjoy them is on some primal level we like to be scared we like that that unknown and, and there's there's something fun there is something fun about these movies and and I mean, it, it, it almost goes beyond nostalgia for me. They're just, I mean, they're just pure entertainment uh, at this point. I, I I have such a reverence for these, uh, these universal monsters.
1: There's something unique about these movies. Because like you, you know, I love horror films. I love all kinds of horror films. But there's something unique about these ones. Because in a way, I look at it as they didn't have the stuff we do today right. to make these films effective. Mm-hmm. So what they relied on were these main actors who they perfectly cast in pretty much every instance. Right. They had to rely on the mood and the the performances. Right. Like, you know, you make a horror movie today. You're not really good. Like look at the invisible man movie that came out recently. Oh yeah. The invisible man is not scary. It, it's a different beast. They didn't have to rely on the performance of that invisible man. They instead relied on cool effects, yeah. a good, good script, and Elizabeth Moss. Right. No. Which, not complaining, it's a fantastic movie, but it's, oh, yeah. it's a different thing compared to these where they really just had to work with what they had and they made it work.
0: Oh, perfectly said. I mean, my my best memory from sort of discovering these films many, many years ago is that they almost feel like, um, I mean, in part because they are, but like a treasure chest or, or or some kind of a cool antique that that in many ways they don't necessarily con uh, comport with modern day movies or or how movies are produced or marketed today. Like you said, but they they still work. They still mm-hmm. hold up, and I think you said it perfectly. It's it's a testament to what they had to do and 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 the reliance on in many ways top-notch actors and and people that were were committed to making a project i mean it's it's funny to think about now but i mean back then people were literally fainting in the audience and, yeah. and screaming and running out of the theater well, the ghost
1: scared the crap out of people
0: yeah, exactly i mean i can't even imagine that happened well i guess it did happen with with terrifier too but it, yeah and i imagine evil dead rise might have some similar reaction sure yep Then that, we're that's... talking
1: two movies out of since the exorcist i think
0: yeah, I mean, there's very few films that that can that can elicit a a a real response of fear and repulsion that that you know, would compel an audience to either faint, you know, uh, throw up, or, or or run screaming from the theater.
1: Anything other than a,
0: a mild jump. Exactly. Yeah. No. No one. No one is losing their shit uh, with uh, with movies today. Which. No. I mean, again, it just it sort of underscores how powerful these movies were how powerful they continue to be and why they are to to use an overused um word but i think it is fitting here classics classics in every sense mm-hmm.
1: even when you uh, so one of my favorite movies is the monster squad i, I think we've talked about that yes now the, even the monster squad used the universal monsters template yeah. even though in the 80s they had other versions to use those are the ones they went for even the Gilman who, you know, they couldn't call him the creature for the black Lagoon, So it's basically spot on.
0: No, it's, it's a testament to their, to, to their influence. I mean, Mm -hmm. I mean, you and I are both fans of the Munsters. I mean, look, look no further than, I mean, again, that's a a throwback to the universal heyday. I mean, these movies that to, to say they made an impact is, is a, would be an understatement. And, i mean i selfishly i am I'm, I'm hoping for renfields uh success and that it connects with audiences because i want to see these movies rediscovered and and then brought into uh modern audiences uh, uh live, so to speak because uh they're really fascinating and i think there's there's more stories to be told. And I mean, I've said it before on this, on this show there, this is a moment for, for horror. And, you know, I mean, Renfield is not a, it doesn't look like a straightforward horror film. I think it's got a nice balance with it. Uh, but why not capitalize on that? You know, Mm -hmm. you, you know, universal, you know, come see us. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll help you a lot. Uh,
1: yeah, we have a few ideas.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just a few. few. Um, Chris, any any more thoughts uh, vis-a-vis Dracula?
1: I just think it's a wonderful film, and it's it's really stood the test of time. And if you
0: get a chance to watch it, please watch the 4K version. Thank you. I, I was going to do a plug for that. No, um, the 4K. I mean, sometimes these films, particularly older ones, they don't always hold up well or transfer well, mm-hmm. and um i saw a version on you know kind of a different note but of of Casablanca um this was from a few years back you know, it wasn't the most recent 4k but it was you know maybe like an uh, an alternate uh, uh, you know a high def transfer and it, it it wasn't what it could have been like it was just sort of i don't know it wasn't the best transfer mm-hmm. this film i mean it it, it is a flawless uh piece and just seeing it sort of you know under the quote-unquote microscope if you will of of of, of modern technology and, and flair just only enhances it, it, its its beauty and its uh cinematic grace
1: i agree i've seen it i've seen dracula on a sander dvd i've seen it on tv the 4k like you said it enhances the details of it like when you see the is it a cockroach coming out of a mini coffin
0: no yeah yeah it's like, whatever yeah. that that bug is yeah it's yeah maybe it's a yeah, it, I mean, it's a b it's, it's some kind of a bug it looks really cool in yeah no seriously i mean again, i i go back to that opening with with the cobwebs and mm-hmm. and, and renfield like that in 4k like oh my god i mean you 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 feel like you're right there in uh in castle dracula <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: it, it's it's just it's like i said it's a wonderful film and if you have not watched it, I really recommend giving it a shot. Whether you like vampire movies or not, there's just something about it that works. And like he doesn't even have fangs in it. We don't actually see him harm, like physically harm anyone. It's always implied or off-screen, but it is effective.
0: You buy it. Amen. I I I I echo those those words uh entirely. This this film truly is a, a classic and yeah, it, it's it's funny you should uh, say that because you sort of remember things differently. And then when mm-hmm. you rewatch it, like, no, there, there's you, you never see Dracula uh, have his meal, so to speak, in this you film, don't. which is a, a staple in countless vampire films uh, since it, but not 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 in the original uh, theater of the mind, which is sometimes even uh, scarier than uh, what you see on the screen. But um Enough, enough of of movie jargon for for today. But um, Chris, want to thank you once again for coming back to to Phil at the movies and talking Dracula and uh, getting hyped for Renfield. I know. Uh, uh, well, by the time this episode drops, you will have seen Renfield. So that is a uh, that that is exciting, and uh, I, I certainly hope that the film is everything that. Uh, you want and more.
1: Well, thank you. I you know, I'm very excited. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> shut up about it for the last I think two months or so now that's getting closer. I probably won't for the next week and a half. I'm sorry, everybody.
0: That's all right. <laughs> that's all right. Bring it on. It's all it's all good. Uh Chris, before uh before I let you go, uh give uh give some plugs. Where can people uh find you uh on uh, on Twitter and the like? Sure.
1: Uh thank you for having me again, first of all. I appreciate it. And it's always Pleasure. fun
0: hanging with you. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter if
1: that's your thing at that Chris Seven Zero. You also follow the podcast I co-host with my buddy Emmett Davis over at G of the Geeks on Twitter. Phil can plug the other cool thing that we do together,
0: right? As I have said, everybody, if you are a fan of all things DC, and and certainly if you enjoy hearing me go on about Batman as I do from time to time on this particular podcast, you can check out DC Unlimited. That is, of course, the podcast that I host with Chris and Anthony Caruso, uh, who's also got his uh, another show, uh, Tis the Podcast. And I recommend that you check out that, as well as Gathering of the Geeks, and of course, Follow us for uh, DC Unlimited. Lots of uh, exciting things developing on that front. And we'll be uh, updating you uh, as uh, as they uh, progress. But as always, everybody, thank you for uh, tuning in and hearing uh, today what we have to say about movies, specifically Dracula. Chris, once again, thank you for being uh, on today's show. Thank you for having me. And that will do us for today, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next week, and we'll do this all over again for the love of movies.